0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, this is Anne. Last week, my friend Lindsay and I were hanging out in my basement and we are gonna continue the conversation today. We left off with talking about why I started Betrayal Trauma Recovery. So some of the principles I used I wanted all the educational material, the podcast, the website, everything, like the transcribed articles. I wanted it all to be free. I wanted our forum to be free. So that is on Facebook. If you're interested in being in our secret Facebook group, it is a peer to peer moderated forum. It's totally different than our professional services, but that's free. And if you join our community by going to our website, btr.org, and scrolling to the bottom and putting your email in our email list then you'll get instructions about how to join that I wanted that to be free we crank out educational material every single week our podcasts usually air like Tuesday evening and then the other thing I wanted was for women to be able to have our professional services anywhere they were from their home, from their car, and that they needed to be immediately accessible, like accessible within hours of an abuse episode that you could either get into an individual session or get into a group session that you never had to like call your therapist and get the sad news that they couldn't see you for two weeks or that you had to be on some wait list or something like that. Just wanted to make sure that women had a safe place to go, which is one of the things on the checklist is establishing a safe support network. When I first started BTR, I thought that BTR would be to shorten the time span between trying to get help while being in the abuse cycle. It was basically to shorten the time span to you find out about their porn and immediately you know it's abuse and immediately you can set boundaries, right? (laughs) That was like, okay, I'm going to like make sure that no woman has to go through 10, 20 years of this again. Well, what I have found is that most women have to go through that stage. Mm -hmm. And so for women who are like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I see it before? Why didn't I do that? Almost like you had to go through that. No woman goes straight from, I found porn on his phone to hardcore boundary. Usually. Right. I mean, maybe right. there's a mirror if, if you're the miracle out there, email me. We will have you on the podcast. That would be <laughs> awesome. So then I realized, no, this podcast is to educate women. We'll just speak our truth and wherever they are is okay.
1: Yeah. Take right? you where you are. Yeah.
0: And we'll just grow together from whatever stage we're in. Yeah. And hopefully in the process, number one is safety and number two is that post-traumatic growth that people talk about a a lot, being able to grow. And I feel like I'm finally getting to that stage. I mean, I've changed a lot and grown a lot, but I also now I'm like, oh my word, I'm wearing makeup. I'm like really getting to my character defects. There's so many things now that I'm working toward and it's so exciting. Now you're at a really, really tough, messy stage right now. You are separating as a boundary
1: Mm
0: -hmm. for repeated lies and porn use, you don't know what the outcome of your boundary setting is going to be. Absolutely. Right? It's, I believe, your best chance for a happy future. And I also Mm -hmm. believe it's your husband's best chance to get healthy. Yeah. But how are you feeling now in the context of your own personal growth?
1: One thing that was truly powerful about this weekend at the retreat was just remembering, not that I didn't know this before, but remembering that this is painful and it's going to be painful. Part of the unmanageability is if I am stabbed by a knife, I can't control whether that hurts. It's going to hurt, you know? And so letting myself feel those emotions in a real way that's awful. It's awful to sit there and bawl and cry and have a big pile of Kleenexes. (laughs) We've all and, been there. It oh, feels super awful.
0: <laughs> you feel like all the, of the liquid in your entire body has come out your nose. Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, it's, 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 the
1: worst. it's awful, and it's none of it is going to be fun, and it's not going to be easy, and I'm going to make mistakes. I mean, yes, I'm holding a boundary, but oh my word, I have no clue if this is the right thing, the right answer, and that's okay. I don't have to be perfect at this. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for me to be messy and raw and in pain right now. And that has been one thing that I just, I love this idea of the 12 steps and saying, I can't do this, but I have a higher power and he is strong enough to take on anything. He's bigger than any mistakes that I make. Mm -hmm. I love that too. The part I
0: really hate about it (laughs) is that I believe that 100%, Uh right? And I feel like I have given my life to him, but then I'm like looking at my watch, like, when is it gonna happen? (laughs) You know, like you don't know what that's gonna mean. For me, it's been years of pain and unresolved things that I still can't fix and they're still here. I still can't fix them. There's one woman who I talked to on the phone and her situation was bleak. Like she had no support Nobody understood what she was going through. She was actually living with her in-laws. Oh. And they didn't understand. So it was, everything was really bad. I just prayed with her on the phone because I was like, you can get a coach. You can get a therapist or whatever that still, like, your situation is so bad that, like, you need help from God. And she believed in God, so that wasn't a stretch for her. So we said a prayer and... She emailed me a little bit later and said, you know, I haven't had any huge miracle happen, right? Right. I told her there were so many times where I was, like, screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and saying, like, send help now. Like, I need help now. Like, I need something to change now. And nobody came and nothing happened. But things have happened slowly over time. Yeah. And that has been really cool to watch. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen 10 years from now. Right. You know, it makes it kind of exciting knowing that it's all working for my good Mm -hmm. and having that faith that it will, even if I can't see it. Right.
1: So I had a question um, for you. You talk about the checklist. So let's say that there is somebody that's out there and they're totally new. I mean, this is their first introduction to anything recovery. This
0: podcast right now.
1: Yes. Okay. What resources are available? And if the resources that are available to them aren't healthy, what can they look for in what they have available to make it still work for them? Because obviously you've done that. You took 12-step and you went and you yeah. crossed out all the stuff. You you rewrote it. You made it work for you.
0: Yeah, I would say you're in the right place now. So if you, if this is your first time and this is the first thing and you're like, what resource? You are at it. Like BTR is... Now I created it, so (laughs) I'm a little biased, but the best resource there is for victims of betrayal. And the reason I feel confident about saying that is because women have gone to lots of other places and then come back and said, well, this wasn't safe for me. You are very lucky
1: to go to an SAL
0: group that is super safe, right? I've attended it. It's amazing. The women there are awesome and they rock and... There's never been a time where I didn't feel safe there and feel supported. Right. But let's say a woman tries something and it's not, right? She goes to a COSA group, for example, or a different 12-step group. And it's like, no, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't yeah. isn't safe. Um. So I would say that's why I built BTR with the checklist and the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group and individual sessions. Now, that being said, there are still... Some times where women get triggered in some of our groups, right? Mm-hmm. We try to make it as healthy as possible, but nothing is perfect. Yeah. That being said, if people want to try different resources, then using that checklist, knowing that you're looking for a place that sees it as a victim and perpetrator situation. So someone said to me the other day, how do you feel about the drama triangle? Right. You know about the drama triangle, right? right? right. Victim, perpetrator, and rescuer. Yeah. In this context, there is no triangle. Right. Right. And same thing with like people are, it takes two to tango or both sides of the story. There is one truth. Right. And for me, for nine months, I prayed every day to know what the truth of my situation was. And I was really open to knowing exactly what that was. So that if it is me, I want to know. Right. And what I discovered was you are in an abusive relationship. That was the truth of my situation. So being educated about what abuse looks like, what manipulation looks like, is really important. So for someone just starting out, I'd say read Lundy Bancroft's book. Why does he do that? Absolutely. Like yesterday
1: (laughs) or tomorrow or Or tomorrow morning. Yeah. Really
0: early. Check it out from your library. (laughs) You're so sweet. I'm like, now? And you're like, it's okay if you get around to it, like, in a week. It's their journey, right? I know. (laughs) It's your journey. (laughs) Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, if you don't have another safe place to go, or I don't want to say, like, if you don't have somewhere safe, come to Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group because we have built it to be what I think is the safest we can get. But if you want to really work on yourself and you want to try a 12-step, don't think that you have to go to any one group right and shop around a little bit but i would say go for 6 weeks if you think it would be helpful to you don't just go one time oh no <laughs>
1: cuz right cuz the first time you might be like Ugh. it just feels awkward yeah. it just feels awkward the first time no matter what it's it, kind of like yoga yeah. actually you go to yoga once and it's like Ugh. i'm not going to do yeah. this and again then <laughs> you go
0: the second time and you're like whoa that was kind of cool yeah. so i'd say if you're going to try 12 step commit to like 6 weeks And then if you still don't like it, but you still feel like it might be useful, try a different group. Yeah. The problem with that is, although that's good advice, when you're like in super trauma and you can't even process things, like shopping around is really difficult. Absolutely. It it might also be better like for people to do individual sessions too at first, Mm because sometimes like you're not going to get triggered by other group members. You can just be with just one woman who totally, totally gets what you're going through. And that might be the safest place.
1: In some ways... There's absolutely value to that. I just know often women don't have the funds. Yeah, that's true. And so 12 Step, it's free. Yep. Yes. It's also, it's free. So (laughs) take it for what it is. That is. is
0: true. We are actively working toward receiving grants to give services to women who can't afford them. So if anybody knows like foundations or grant making entities that give grants to people that we could apply for. We actually have a woman now who is writing grants full time. She's applied for five or maybe six and we haven't received any yet which is really disappointing and very hard because you'd think that people would really want to support abuse victims. But anyway, if you're listening out there and you like, my family has a foundation or I know this super rich guy, you know, that could donate, then that would be great so that we could get women who can't afford it services because it is pricey. And sometimes with 12 step, you get what you pay for. But the right. other thing is sometimes with 12 step, it's just a gift.
1: Yeah, right. It
0: is. And so with books to read that are inexpensive, like we have our books page. Our books page is a compilation of all those books. And most of them you can get at your local library. Yeah. yeah,
1: Even on audiobook. Yes. Which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Listen to Why Does He Do That on audiobook and then read it. That's what
1: I did. I listened on audio. And then
0: listen again. Lundy Bancroft also has YouTube, free YouTube stuff to watch. And guess what else is free? This podcast. Yep. I was just recently reading the, I hadn't read, done it before, the the ratings on iTunes. Oh. I was like, oh, they're so nice. <laughs> they were saying like, um, listening to your podcast has done more for me than 10 years of therapy. I mean, just like stuff like that. And I was like, really? I'm so glad. That's the whole point of it. Which is free and all of our educational materials on our website are free. So healing from abuse is a long-term Emotionally, physically, and financially expensive endeavor. It is. It is worth it, though. So, whatever resource you choose, Mm -hmm. even if it's just reading books, even if the only thing you do is go in your closet and pray, and that's your quote unquote recovery plan, it will be worth it. Yeah.
1: At the retreat, one thing that I came away with that I loved is that they really are trying to shift to be trauma sensitive. They are actively working on it. Obviously, it's going to be a work in progress for mm-hmm. all of us. I mean, that's what growth is. It's always a work in progress. But they have online groups, so you can access it from anywhere and in-person groups if you're fortunate enough to be right here where mm-hmm. it is. Where there is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I attend 12-step,
0: which has not been for, what, like nine months? Too long.
1: <laughs> I need to go back.
0: But I attend SA Lifeline. I have loved it and have my sponsor at FSA Lifeline saved my life. And so it is a great free resource with the caveats that we've said.
1: And they recognize those caveats. I mean, really. We read through the script, even at the retreat, we read through the script and they said, hey, recognize this was written way back when. We're totally open to you doing what you need to do to make this Mm -hmm. fit you. Yeah. I adore SA Lifeline and the help that I received there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if it doesn't fit you, that's fine too. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. So in, I think it was in one of the two podcasts that you recorded earlier, was this idea that you go to 12-step and you expect that you're going to have certain results. If I do these 12-steps, my relationship will be better. And... I had this really interesting discussion about the language that's used here. It says, gifts of the Essanon program. So is this from the blue book? This is from the green book. Green book. Okay. From Essanon. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And it says, our ability to give and receive love will expand tremendously and we will become increasingly available for loving relationships with others. Nowhere in there does it say, my relationship with my husband will heal. Mm -hmm. because that is not necessarily a loving relationship. If it's abusive, it's not loving. But I can become open for loving relationships. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I never interpreted it that way, but I think some women do. And and absolutely.
0: One of the groups that I went to, not ours, that I love, (laughs) but a different SAL group. When I went, women said, when I started coming here, that's what made the difference to my husband. Right. And I just was like, Stop saying that. The other thing I thought was interesting is that they, in that stage, they thought their husband was doing well. I'm not, I'm not saying one particular person, but I've seen this happen a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then later they find out that he wasn't even in a good stage at all. And they thought he was. So that's another thing that's difficult about this journey is that really understanding what recovery a safe person really looks like takes a lot
1: of time. So much time. I mean, even for me, I'm still developing mm-hmm. my understanding of what that looks like. I gather all the resources <laughs> I, can. I can, put them in one Apple note. <laughs> Lindsay is a very intense researcher. Yes, I am. I would say. <laughs> I'm very
0: organized. I am working on letting that go. <laughs> it is still very much a work in progress. Well, I'm grateful that you felt safe enough here. Number one, just with me as my friend. That means a lot to me but also to share your story here and to help women throughout the world know what is the best route for them to take. And again, any, any route is fine. Anything that works is great because there are so many women in this situation. There's no shortage of victims and unfortunately there is a shortage of resources. Yeah. Lindsay's actually going to come back on the podcast next week to talk about her personal story, which we haven't talked about yet, and talk about how her in-house separation went and talk about how the out-of-home separation is going. So she's going to share her experience with this particular boundary of in-house separation and then out-of-home separation, and hopefully you'll find that helpful. I wanna thank all of you who have set a recurring monthly donation. Your donation enables this message of hope and peace to get to women throughout the world and saves victims of abuse from further harm. So if you have not yet set your recurring monthly donation, go to btr.org, scroll down to the bottom, click on make a donation and make your donation today. Similarly, if you're so inclined and you have not yet, please rate this podcast on iTunes. Every single one of your ratings helps isolated women find us. And until next week, stay safe out there.